On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. My name's Matt Robinson, here with you in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Tall Can Audio, and I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening to this one right now. Got a great guest for you today. Pleased to be welcoming to the podcast, Alex Marchand of uh, the Ottawa Senators. He's the DJ. He's the guy pumping out the tunes at the Canadian Tire Centre. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm uh, not too bad at all. Appreciate you making a little bit of time for us. I know things have been busy. They've uh, they've doubled up your workload with the Belleville Sens uh, moving in there as well as Ottawa. So, um, you know, I appreciate you making some time, man. No, I appreciate you uh, having me on. It's great. Um, we're going to bounce around here a little bit, but why don't I set the table for the good listener? Um, you asked uh, the other day on Twitter, you were taking some questions from fans and uh, and I jumped in. And uh, just for the, the sake of the listener, what I asked was, how come the Ottawa Senators Arena sounds like a place where I'd like to watch a hockey game, whereas the home of my favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, sounds like the whitest nightclub you've ever been to in your life. And while I'm quite certain you won't want to rain on the work of anybody else, I wonder if you could just kind of tell me what you make of of that question on your end. Like, what What's the the blend like? How do how much do you kind of keep this thing moving in a place that that's fun to be on a Saturday night, but also has kind of the elements of a traditional hockey environment? Do you have kind of a philosophy when you put together a playlist for the night? Um, well, honestly, your question was really really good, um, and it, it's 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 also to always understand. Uh, and, and you're right; I won't you know talk negatively of anyone else who's doing the job around the league or right. anywhere. Um, because like any job, it's, it's, a, it's a business, right? It's a job. We have bosses. We have uh, various layers of, you know, of people that work under our bosses that uh, are involved in the marketing and in the game presentation. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand that even though, uh, you know, I am and other people like me are in charge of the music, we are not the people who end up making all the decisions when it comes to uh, what they would like the buildings to sound like. Um, you know, it's it's over the years that I've been with the Senators, and I, I'm on my 16th season now, um, it has changed numerous times, the sound uh, of the building. Um, 
what is important for me is being able to adapt to be able to continue on each year. Um, so to get back to your question, on, on our side, like I said, over the years, it's changed numerous times. Right now, we are approaching more of a uh, an idealistic approach that we want to try to uh, bring in uh, more of a youthful vibe to the building, uh, but also remembering that the demographics that come to the games aren't just uh, you know 20 to 30 year olds, right. but the demographic coming to hockey games is zero to 100. Uh, and that's not and that's not a lie. Uh, you know, you, you could be a DJ at a nightclub and the nightclub is a specific, uh, you know, uh, genre and, and and demographic that they're catering to. So you'll have that kind of music all night long. Mm-hmm. What I, we, we've been working on for the last few years is that everyone comes to a hockey. Game. It doesn't matter of age. You're fans of this of the team. So I've been trying very hard over the, the last few years to uh, cater playlists to almost every age demographic possible, you know, keeping within a certain realm of, of comfort as well for the games, sure. you know, and, and energy as well. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to touch on a little bit of everything uh, and sometimes even things that aren't touched on at uh, other arenas ac- across the league. Uh, one, one thing that comes up more often is that, uh, you know, I, I actually play some early 90s, 2000s punk uh, that you wouldn't actually hear <laughs> That's uh, at I like other buildings so yeah. <laughs> yeah you know uh you know i grew up you know uh you know listening to things like bad religion face to face uh you know those punk bands uh pennywise and loving them and it, i won't play a massive uh, amount of their libraries but i do like to sneak some in there as well for my personal benefit but also knowing based on my interactions on twitter that some fans do like that and when you drop just a little bit of one of those tracks there it catches the ear and the attention of the fans and they're like wow okay this is interesting yeah but i also also want to remember you know there's right now in this current day and age um uh, hip-hop and edm are are the base those are the popular songs and remixes uh, of of pop songs are massive right now and and i understand and so you'll you'll have that probably as the majority of the songs that i'm going to be playing but i'm not also going to forget where we came from you know music in, in, at hockey games was always uh in the past rock classic rock things like that mm-hmm. uh and, and i'll continue to, to sprinkle that stuff around because there's a lot of people who like to hear that but there's also the misconception that that's what the players want to hear, right? Uh, which is something I get a lot. Is actually that that fans will tweet me often saying, "Stop playing that expletive uh, pop music because that's not pumping up the players." Right. Which makes me laugh every time because obviously they're not in contact with the players and they don't hear. And surprisingly, a lot of the times players send me, you know, when I do get requests or songs is far off from the hard rock that the fans think sure, is what's the pumping AC, them up. Sure, and Metallica and things like that. Exactly. This new you know, generation and, and, young athlete is not necessarily listening to that. <laughs> they, and honestly, they probably don't, some of them probably don't even know those songs no. at all. Now, don't get me wrong, this year, you know, one of the warm-up mixes that I had going earlier in this season was, again, all-player requests, and one of the songs was uh, uh, Fuel by Metallica. Right. That's awesome. I love that song. Sure. It's a great song to play at hockey games. And I was super impressed that they re- recommended it uh, for the warm up. But I won't lie, most of the time over the years, it's been rap, it's been EDM, it's been, uh, you know, like I said, remixes of pop songs. And that's been probably for the last three, four, five years now. 
that's been most of the type of music that the players seem to like. Yeah. I, and I guess, uh, you know, I sort of noticed it. I've been to a pile of games in, in both buildings and, um, right after the Leafs kind of hundredth anniversary, they, they overhauled everything. All their game ops was completely changed. I don't have to tell you your, uh, previous guest of the show, Mike Ross, the PA announcer there became the new, um, you know, the new voice of the Leafs building. But that's when I really noticed the big music change. And I, I do understand that I'm getting old and I, the stuff I like <laughs> is, is not cool anymore to, to whatever. But I do also, I wonder how much, you know, I, I, I know maybe it's not technically your department, maybe it is, that how much of it is kind of understanding the market and, and does game ops kind of go out and, and have a good grasp on the fan base? Like the Toronto is, it's right there. It's very urban, a lot of young people in, a lot of money in that building, right? There's not a lot of grungy 90s punk rock kids like I once was walking around in, in the lower bowl at the Scotiabank Arena. And when I would see games in Ottawa, I don't know if this is a word that you guys would use or if you'd kind of follow me or understand what I'm, it feels edgier, maybe like it, like it has still this, even with the hip hop that's coming at you, even with some of the pops that like, it, it just has a different vibe. Like something big is about to happen here, I guess is, is more how I would describe it in Ottawa. Does that make any sense? I, I think there's a, it, it totally makes sense. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors that fall into that, uh, that realm. You know, the, the building itself also has uh, an edginess factor. Our building may be a little bit older, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, uh, you know, as buildings get older, there's kind of, some people will always call it that kind of grungier feeling to it, you know, uh, even though they do renovations and they do upkeep and, you know, they, they keep the building looking as mint as possible. Uh, you, you never lose that complete original vibe of the building from when the era it was built in. And for us, this building was built in the nineties. Right. Um, and, and I think that's part of it. You know, when you walk around the uh, concession areas, the concourses in most of the new buildings, uh, it's it's brighter it's mm-hmm. better lit uh often these days these buildings now the concourses overlook the arena yeah. unlike the past when our building was built where they uh they blocked them off they're blacked out so it's behind the scenes instead um so i think that also plays into effect uh as well um you know i i, I do think that the type of music like i said that that i'm playing now yeah, maybe a little bit edgier, maybe a little bit different. I, I'm always looking for for new tracks, but I'm also always kind of looking back and trying to go back as well and start, you know, and look at some of the older tracks that, you know, maybe I haven't played in a while or maybe I just never played. Sure. I was like, maybe I should have tried this out. And and for me, I never have uh, a problem with trying something. It, it, I may land, it, this track may land flat when I play it. <laughs> People will look at me like, what are you doing? But but at the same time, that's part of the fun. That's yep. part of the, the, the entertainment of, of it. And, you know, and, and like I always said, um, there, there's always going to be one person uh, that's going to like the song mm-hmm. that I'm playing. Uh, and, and the thing is, speaking to what I said earlier about the demographic being so wide, is that I'm going to play one song. And that one song may reach 20% of the billing right. only for, for, for appreciation of the song. Um, and... and then the other 80%, you know, will either not care about it 
or will hate it and will decide <laughs> to tweet at me uh, to tell me that it was terrible, um, which I, you know, I never take for a personally because I understand that music is very uh, personal. It's sure. very emotional. Yeah. People are very invested in music uh, for some reason. Um, but you know, I find that our building does have yeah, I completely agree with you a bit of a grungier kind of like, you know, sports venue feeling the, the the new buildings these days are built for a different purpose They're very and sanitized it's sanitized or something yes right? like, yeah. but but, it, but it's nothing and it's not to talk about in, in any way negatively here um of any building you mm-hmm. know like I, I remember seeing uh games you know uh back in the day at the old uh, joe lewis you know beautiful building right grungy beautiful building <laughs> uh well maintained uh, and but it had a different vibe than the new um, the, the new Little Caesars Arena mm-hmm. uh, that they have now. Like you said, clean, polished, looks sanitized, which is great. People love that yep. uh, these days. But it, it's it's just completely different uh, of what they're trying to to portray now. Um, but in the end, I, for us, I find that in the end, we're just trying to connect with the fans yep. and. Um, I, I, again, I don't know how it's done in other uh, markets. Um, I try to be uh, as active as possible on social media to connect with the fans, to take the requests if they do have some. Uh, I, I love getting reached out by local bands and who, who'd like to have their songs maybe played at the games. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm going to play them. Sure. But I like them to reach out and to talk to me and to uh, suggest ideas to me and, and or if they're a band send me their songs and see if I like them I, I could play them uh, which I have yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like I said I don't know how it's done in other buildings maybe they don't like their, 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 their DJs and their game presentation people to be as active on social media uh, on my side I've always been lucky that they've allowed me to and you know, uh, and I, I'll continue it as long as I can because I find it's important for, for fans to have that connection with with the organization, especially in a year like this year where there are no fans right. in the buildings. Right. So people are connecting to the teams in comp- in a completely different and virtual way. And uh, this year has been one of my most active years on social media uh, with the fans. People have decided to reach out to me and talk to me and suggest things and just enjoy. And, you know, I've been over the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to give them a bit of a glimpse behind the curtain about certain things, you know, of how it looks and how it runs in the background at, at, at games, uh, you know, because again, they can't be there. And I think that fans have been enjoying it. Um, at sends DJ, if you're a Senators fan on, uh, on Twitter, I, I've absolutely noticed how active you are. It's very cool to see. Uh, I appreciate you indulging my kind of nerd factor on this subject. I got some other stuff I want to hit on with you, um, as sure. we move through. Um, you said you've been doing this about 15 years. How does one find himself as the, uh, the DJ for the Ottawa Senators? How did you kind of make your way into the organization and, and get to this point? Luck. <laughs> uh, n- no joke. Yeah. Honestly, luck, uh, right place, right time, right contacts at the proper times. Um, you know, I, I've been with the Sens. This is now my 16th season, uh, since the full year lockout. Um, before that I was the DJ for the Ottawa 67s. Uh, I started in the 1999, 2000 season as a part-time DJ for them. Uh, funny enough, going full circle, Mike was the PA announcer of the Ottawa 67s in those years as well. Right. 
And what happened is uh, I was actually DJing for the University of Ottawa. Uh, and the 67s DJ uh, was going to be missing a handful of games in that 99-2000 uh, season because of uh, personal professional uh, development trainings that he was taking and things like that. So uh, the boss uh, at the 6-7, who is currently uh, city councillor Glenn Gower, uh, and my cousin Mike, who was the PA announcer, had a quick chat. And my cousin was like, well, my, my cousin's a DJ at the university and uh, for games. So maybe he could be a good fit for a backup. And so they're like, okay. So they brought me in. And the 6-7's DJ uh, eventually... Uh, went on to leave the the organization for professional uh, reasons, uh, which happens. Mm -hmm. And I was able to take on the role full time for the six sevens, which was an amazing experience. I was there for six full seasons. We had you know three runs to the to the to the finals of the league, uh, plus a couple a handful of Memorial Cup presences. Uh, it was it was good times, and. and no, eventually Mike moved to Toronto for, for professional reasons as well. Um, and, and after that, uh, after the lockout season uh, of the NHL in 0405, uh, Glenn was uh, hired at the Sens to take over their uh, game presentation. And I, I'll never forget the day he, he came up to me before a 6 sevens game, announced to me that he would be leaving the 6 sevens uh, as soon as the NHL would announce a resumption of play. Uh, and my first reaction was shock because I couldn't believe I was losing basically the, the, the man who had been pretty much my mentor for over six years right. until he turned around and said, do you want to come with me? Ooh. And I, uh, you know, I was probably in my very early 20s and I kind of obviously said yes yeah. <laughs> and then kind of took a walk around the building at the old Ottawa Civic Center kind of like my hip heart beating a million miles an hour, you know, me being a sense fan my entire life, uh, since they came in, in, in the nineties, I, I couldn't believe what I had just been asked. I called my parents freaking out, uh, you know, just saying, uh, you, you know, you'll never believe what I was asked. And, 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 and then, you know, right away in Oh five, first thing, you know, happens, the sense come back, the NHL comes back and, uh, I'm the DJ for the Ottawa Senators, and since then I've never looked back. Um, so in the end, it was just being at the right places, right time, a little bit of luck, having the right people. And you know, it's funny. I I, I owe Mike uh, a lot for you know giving my name to the six or sevens, and then you know you know me and Mike have been lucky that over the years we've been able to help each other out a little bit here and there. Um, and I remember funny enough when Mike actually got the job as the PA announcer in Toronto, before he got the job, he was actually uh, doing his live audition and me, my, and my wife and kids were actually in Toronto at the time of the day of his live audition. Oh, wow. and, and, you know, we, I was sitting in his basement, we were watching, we were watching TV and I was telling him my opinions about what he should do to be the PA announcer. And I won't take credit for it, <laughs> but I, I'd like to say that, you know, maybe what I said to him maybe helped a little bit during that live audition, because as I remember, he told me that there was a lot of people uh, vying for that job and a lot of people there oh, for I that did. live interview. Yeah. And, and that live audition and like i said I, he got the job so i don't want to pump my tires a little bit <laughs> but it could be because of me sure um tell me a little bit what it, about this season I, I know you've been asked i'm sure about what it's like to program for an empty building but even specifically now with belleville having moved in there as well obviously it doubles up the workload a bit is 
you know, how different is doing the Belleville broadcast? Are there little things from their game ops that even though they're in Ottawa, you're asked to do or to play or to keep track of? What's it been like kind of balancing the two? Um, it, 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 I won't lie. It's, it's been difficult more on a mental and emotional level. Uh, having so many games in so little bit of time, March has been one of the craziest months of, uh, of our career. Uh, for us game presentation people that are there. We are on currently our 16th of 17th games in 31 days, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous uh, when you think about it. And uh, some of the crew alternates, but some of us are there every night. Um, and, and it's been very difficult. And then on the presentation side of things, on a musical side of things, well, um, you know, they, they've provided me a couple of tracks that they want to see played at certain times, especially their, their goal song and their players back on ice song. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we've been pretty much given like carte blanche to, uh, to, to basically produce as we see fit. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun, uh, to, to see the development team, you know, in town and seeing some of this talent, but at the same time. Um, like I and like I've probably uh, said to you guys on on Twitter, it, it feels like Groundhog Day because you know, for example, I just finished four games in four nights and five and six. Uh, so every day feels like Groundhog Day, and sometimes I'm sitting there looking at my screen of songs, you know, that I could play for the night, and I just can't remember did i play this last night did i play this too much have i you know is the tonight gonna sound the same it's just it's just starting to feel like every day is kind of merging into each other (laughs) um and you know i won't lie to you i'm very happy that the uh, the month is coming to an end because it's it's been a it's been a bit of a difficult month and uh, a couple of days off will probably end up doing everyone a little bit of good uh, but you know we have an amazing crew we really do have an amazing crew uh, at the Sens you know we're, we're it's a, you know it's a small but very tight knit crew uh, we've been having a lot of fun together uh, you know you know during this very difficult time. Uh, you know, there's no one else there. It's a very, you know, it's very surreal how empty the building is, especially during Belleville games, because um, the games are being broadcast exclusively online. So there's no, you know, we're managing the broadcast for that. Um, oh, wow. So, so it's, uh, so it's just basically, you know, us there and it's very quiet and it's very empty. So it's been, it's been weird uh, for sure and difficult, but it's, uh, it's been enjoyable um, and like I said, we've, we've been lucky to be able to, to get through this month and we've had no casualties, uh, to date. So we're, <laughs> we're doing well. Um, one of the things, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, uh, as, as I'm not a Senator's guy, I know when Alfredson used to score a goal, he would have his own song. It was a U2 song. It was a beautiful day. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. It was a, it was a remix of beautiful day. So there's been some talk and you see it pop up every now and then online, about whether or not the NHL should do more like that, almost like in baseball where guys have their own walk-up songs and, you know, you, when someone scored a goal, their favorite song, or they would have their own song played. And I kind of like the idea, but at the same time, I also enjoy this communal experience of like, and, and I know for the Senators, it, it makes me crazy, which is probably half the point, that you guys still use uh, Song 2 by Blur. And... The whole crowd knows it's coming, and that's part of the tradition, and that's half the fun of going to Senators games, and other teams have that. In Nashville, they've got their whole routine afterwards, and I've always wanted to ask somebody in your position if you had a take on kind of the idea of, you know, personalizing it for this new generation of players and, you know, allowing it to be a little more uh, creative and, and diverse, 
or whether you think that might take away from the game experience a little bit? So we, we actually did. It wasn't just Alfredson. Um, obviously, the, the one that people remember most is Alfredson, mm-hmm. probably because he was one of the players that scored the most on the team. <laughs> um, but we did actually go three or four seasons where we did have player-specific goal songs, okay. uh, which is a heck of an undertaking when you actually think about it. Yeah, first, you have to get... Ball. Yeah, well, you have to have player buy-in yeah. uh, first. Uh, you have to get them to provide us songs. If they don't, sometimes either we would kind of, with their name, find something uh, that maybe suits them right. uh, or um, because not every player provides us songs or their you know favorite bands. Uh, and then after that, during the game, well you have to be sure who's scoring and right. hockey is a fast game. Yeah. It is one of the, f- and you know, a puck gets deflected in front of the net and you don't see it. You know, you think that, you know, you know, the defenseman scored it because he took a shot from the point, but it was tipped right in front of the net by a forward. And, but you're playing the song from the guy who took the <laughs> shot. Yeah. So it, it was a lot of, uh, of difficult undertaking. We actually, and I won't lie to you, we actually had a spotter brought in during the games to help us mm-hmm. with this. Uh, and he was on our intercom and he would watch the game. And his job was to basically let me know who scored the goal to the best of his ability. Right. And also uh, power plays and situations like that, where we try to, 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 you know, we've always had our, our chimes that we play before power plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that, that was their role. We've gone away from that. Uh, and over the years, we went back to a one team, one song mentality. Um, but like, I, I, I still love the idea. Uh, of player specific goal songs i think it's it's awesome it's a lot of fun and i think washington may be doing it this year um from something i saw on social recently or a few weeks ago uh but i'm not 100 percent sure but it, it is it's a lot of fun uh and i would never be a, uh, opposed to the idea but like i said it takes a lot of buy-in from our, our production crew and the players because they're going to the ones who are going to have to provide us the information um you know, we do like to provide the players with surveys at the beginning of the year. This year, obviously, being a very large exception. <laughs> uh, and on the survey, one of the songs, uh, one of the sorry, one of the questions that we ask is exactly like you said: If you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up song be? And what we've been using that for is over the years is sometimes strength three stars when they get announced for uh, you know their star of the game. Yep. Uh, we would play that when they skate out on the ice. Um, or if we do any kind of like highlight video pack, we would use that song as the background track for it. Uh, situations like that, for example. Sure. Um, but uh, like I said, I'd be more than happy to entertain the idea again, should it, uh, you know, if someone brings that up. Uh, but for now, um, we've gone a few years ago, we went back. We, we went many years after the, the player-specific goal songs of alternating the goal song each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, which puts a lot of pressure on on us to try to find something every year. Right. Um, and after a while, we decide to go back to song two and blur uh, because it de- does have a, a large emotional connection to a lot of sense fans uh, from the early two thousand uh, when the team was you know uh, the powerhouse team that was going to the, deep in the playoffs each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that song did resonate with the fans and did. Um, uh, bring back a lot of great memories for fans. And, you know, some people would call it passe and let's move on. Uh, but there's a lot of teams out there that still use the same goal song that it's they've been using new for... and cool like Hollywood. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, oh, well, let's, let's not talk about that. Um, but the, exactly like I said, it's, it's like I said, it's 
some fans love it. Some fans think 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 we should move on f- from it. Um, and you know, maybe we'll have a discussion in the coming years, or maybe even next year, right. uh, if we need to, you know, freshen it up and change it up. Um, some fans think that it should just remain as our song uh, for the playoffs and only the playoffs. So, um, like I said, it's it's something we'll entertain when we get there. You mentioned a few minutes ago the uh, the chimes that you guys use for. Um for power plays. And I always thought that was kind of a cool touch again, like just one of those things that for a while you only heard in Ottawa, uh, the Rangers I know ended up picking it up. Um, another team or two around that has the Ottawa game ops crew noticed that Toronto for some reason has taken them this year and is, is actually using them wrong. They're playing them when Toronto gets penalized. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, you're informing me of this for the first time. I did not, I, I did to rip off not, one of your biggest rivals and then still use it incorrectly? It's so strange. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't <laughs> speak to that. Um, to, I, I actually did not know that. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because it's done at the wrong time. And, yes. uh, you know, I won't lie to you. My number one uh, entertainment value when I get home after uh, uh, yeah. on off days is not to watch Toronto Maple Leaf games. Well, it should be. Uh, Give it a shot. You might like it. Uh, oh, mm, I think I'll pass. <laughs> I, I see enough live hockey in a, in a, in a no week that maybe that. some days I uh, I want to take some days off. Right. Um, but, uh, no, that's, that's very strange. Um I personally, for us, we, uh, you know, we play the, we've been playing the chimes since as long as I remember, yeah. uh, since the nineties for sure going into, uh, into the power plays. Uh, and that's, that's a staple, you know, that's, uh, that's something that we've had since then, uh, going into penalties over the last few years, we've been playing the, uh, dragnet, uh, stinger going right. into it. And even now that's actually, it's our organist that does it, uh, you know, and it's just to kind of announce what's happening, you know, and I won't lie to you, I've messed it up a few times, <laughs> vice versa, sure. uh, because sometimes you think, you know, uh, someone's getting a penalty and it's the other team right. and that's happened, but, uh, no, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's it's interesting that Toronto's doing that, but it's you know, really odd. Good for them, I guess. <laughs> it's it's so odd. Uh, I got one more for you here. Um, for sure. Is there anything that you do differently when Toronto or Montreal are in town? Those big rivalry games where you know the building's going to have a significant number of fans from those other fan bases. Um, it's the game's probably going to be intense. Are there little things? that you change up for rivalry nights like that? Oh, Matt, you know the answer to this already, <laughs> don't you? You just want to hear it from me. I do, I do. Okay. Well, yes, there, there, of course, there are a few things that we've done over the years. Now, let I won't, you know, I won't lie and you know, hide the fact. Yes, when Montreal or Toronto come to town, or a lot of original six teams come mm-hmm. to town, they do bring on a very healthy fan base because right. of their... You know of the fan bases that they already have in the city uh, that never changed because of generational you know hand hand me down of of team love, yeah. uh, and also because of proximity to the other two you know markets uh, that you know for them it's a nice fun activity to drive down from Montreal to Toronto for the week or the weekend and catch a game. So yeah, of course the the you know in in Ottawa, but like in every building across the league, uh, you know when those teams come to town. They bring their following, and it's very large. So, of course, during you know, let's say, let's use walk-in. You know, it's usually just quiet music playing into the building as people gather their food and take their seats, and then the busload of Leaf fans gets off, <laughs> and they've probably had a couple of pops on the way That's in, possible. and 
and possible. And yeah. they start, you know, the obnoxious go Leafs go chants <laughs> right away as they walk into the uh, into the bowl. <laughs> and you know, my fingers may have accidentally slipped a couple of times on the fader, uh, making the music a lot louder in the building than it should be. Uh, <laughs> But you know, I did you know have I have quickly realized that you know when the music gets louder, people seem to quiet down. So you know, I I, I consider it more uh, crowd control than okay. anything else. <laughs> um, you know, and of course, Will, as we've discussed, you and I online this week, has does the goal horn last mm. a little bit longer than it should than any other team? Like I said, maybe my finger. <laughs> lasts a little bit longer on the horn during Leaf and, ha- and Habs games. It could happen. I'm not saying it does, but it could happen. That is the most grating horn in the league. I don't know if it's just, be- I'm sure it's, you know, I grew up in that rivalry with the Leafs and Sens, all those playoff matchups, and that horn has never in my life meant good news for me, right? So it's just, and yeah, it, it, you guys sometimes just lean on that thing. <laughs> well, listen, it, in the end, like I, like I, like we've discussed, you know, offline, you and I. It's, you know, it's it's something that the home base fans yep. love, yep. and why do they love it? Because it drives the opposing yep. opposing fans crazy. <laughs> so, is there more value than it actually is worth to it? Yeah, absolutely, there is. You know, there there totally is. Um, but at the same time, you know, it brings the fan base together. People sure. love it. Uh, and it drives another fan base crazy. And some of the tweets I see about it just make me laugh. It, 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 I don't get offended in any way. It makes me laugh. Uh, you know, I won't say any of them because most of them are not rated G for, but, you know, some of the things I see on Twitter after, you know, I've laid into that horn for a little bit longer than I should have, you know, make me just laugh. And I don't take it personally in any way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, long time listeners to this show will remember a couple of years ago. Um, we had uh, a whole episode about Ottawa's horn guy, and uh, I know you're filling in for him this year. You've had to move some things around to keep everybody socially distanced and stuff. But uh, absolutely, I had tweeted out for those who are new around here that uh, that was the most obnoxious horn blast of all time, or something like that. And the guy found me online. I won't use his name here in case he doesn't want me to, but uh, he found the tweet and sent it to our website and said, "You didn't like that, eh?" or, or something. And we ended up uh, trading messages back and forth he invited us up to the booth the next game we were out to turned out he was a really nice guy so tell horn guy we said hello i will absolutely do so uh i'll tell you right now andrew is his name and he doesn't mind that we use his name okay yeah anyway uh andrew is a great guy and he's still part of our crew and he actually has been you know he's still making noise that's the (laughs) great part about this year is that he's still with us this year he's just just making different noise. He's actually controlling the synthetic crowd noise, um, or as the league has dubbed it, the crowd sweetening. Okay. Uh, so he is one of our sweetener operators. Uh, and, you know, on the fun side of things, when we play Toronto or Montreal, the fans are 100% on our side every night. I've noticed that. the uh, It's not very realistic. No blast for us at all. But uh, no, I, get well, I get it. No, it's great, though. Um, this has been awesome, and uh, like I said, for uh, for Senators fans, um, if you're interested in the music going on or just want another good Senators follow, um, it's at Sens DJ. Uh, even as a Leaf fan, he's a great follow, and uh, I like I said uh, at the, off the top, I think you guys do an awesome job. It was fun for me to be able to pick your brain on it a little bit, and uh, begrudgingly, I do enjoy your work um, when I get to come out to the games there, and and even now watching on TV. So thank you so much for making a little time. 
Oh, no, thanks, Matt. It's been great. Please, uh, anytime, I'll be more than happy to come back. It's a great experience. Uh, that is Alex Marchand of the uh, Ottawa Senators Game Ops crew, the guy pumping in the tunes, and we will see you all next time. It is over! Now that's a tasty beverage. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.